Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yeah, better than this. I don't know what I'm doing. I can't do this shit. What's better than this? Guys, being dudes here on the Draft Dudes Podcast, presented by Locked On. It's Joe Marino and Kyle Krabs from the Draft Network, and we are your hosts here on this Friday edition of the show the week two of the nfl season well it kicked off last night i guess it felt like preseason week seven to be honest with you but the rest of the teams play on sunday and there's a lot to talk about with this coming weekend in football kyle welcome i want to die <laughs> the tank has gone too far <laughs> oh we're only hoping for a 25 gallon tank we got a 100 gallon tank on the way oh here my, huh jesus oh my goodness well nothing is official so i'm not now, we've seen fractured relationships repaired before. I'm not holding my breath. But it's not looking good for the Minka Fitzpatrick tenure in Miami. I'd like to make you a trade proposal. I hope it's better than the trade proposals that I've gotten on social media because I, I sent a tweet that said, send me your favorite team's best proposal for Minka Fitzpatrick, mm-hmm. and I have gotten a whole lot of trash. All right. Uh, here, here's, what I, here's what I'm offering you. Okay. I want Minka Fitzpatrick. Okay, I'm with you so far. Hear me out. You can you can hang up the phone or not. I'm going to tell you, this is the first thing I'm going to tell you. Kyle, general manager of the Dolphins, I'm not giving you my first round pick. Click. Well, you got on me for not listening to the rest of the offer <laughs> a couple of weeks ago, and you just did it to yourself. All right, here it is. This is my honest offer. I'd like to offer you Zay Jones. I'd like to offer you Shaq Lawson, and I'd like to offer you my second round pick. It's a terrible offer. Well, I'm sorry. What is what is what is the perception of because every fan base did this? <laughs> trying to include players that clearly have not worked out for your team and trying to offload like I got Taco Charlton, I got Artie Burns, <laughs> Artie I got Burns. Williams, <laughs> I got uh Sean Mannion. As, as an inclusion in one. I gave you uh, two decent players. Pick. Come on now. Are- I'm not interested. I'm not interested in, in Shaq Lawson at this you point. Should, you should be. He's good. Is. He's, man. He, his last eight games last year. Yeah, he's defender. playing with great effort, man. Really solid player. Really fit the okay. rotation. Well, I need chips that can be turned into difference makers. Well, look, I'm sorry. I'm not, I'm not trading Minka Fitzpatrick. For a second round pick that'll inevitably be somewhere floating around fifth between fifty and fifty-five in a rotational defensive end that will play sixty percent of the snaps for me. The reality here is kind of bringing this back to what's going on in Miami, something I've said to you in our conversations before we got on here is that I worry about this infrastructure because they're gonna take a quarterback number one overall in the draft in twenty twenty, right? Is this team even even gonna be anywhere near ready? to take on a rookie quarterback and for them to be the savior. I just feel like we've gone a little too far if this Minka trade well, goes down. 
that's why the master plan includes Josh Rosen. Yeah, and you explained this to me, and that, and that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, because Josh, people say, well, why did you trade Josh Rosen? Well, I think much like Miami didn't rush Josh Rosen to play this year, obviously if you draft a quarterback number one in 2020, that's your long-term guy. But if you have a guy like Josh Rosen, who you've invested in and will have interest from the rest of the league, you don't have to force that number one guy in if the rest of the roster isn't ready for him. You give him an opportunity to get out there and play, have a chance to kind of resuscitate the value for him. And there's no shame in saying, well, you know, we traded a two for Josh Rosen and it turns out he's a good quarterback, but we picked a guy at number one that we're going to choose to invest in over him. But we've invested in Josh Rosen. We've developed Josh Rosen. We think he could be a starting quarterback. And here's your sample size where if he comes out and plays reasonably well, now you can turn around and, and flip Josh Rosen and potentially get a greater return on investment than what you paid for. What do you think about the free agency outlook for the Miami Dolphins? I mean, is it an overpay type situation? Is it, hey, look, you got a chance to be on an NFL football team, take it or leave it? What I mean, how do you build this thing up without completely relying on your ability to hit on draft picks? As we know, our young players, they take time to, to you know learn how to be a pro, all those types of things. How do you supplement this thing with enough veterans? Well, I think you, you, the ability to meet with veterans is going to be very important to sell the vision and, and kind of explain to them what their vision is for all of the assets that they have at their disposal, right? But this is a year for Miami where overpaying is a realistic option because they're scheduled to lose no one in free agency. So they don't have to worry about spending money and, and costing themselves compensatory picks. Uh, they were willing to get involved in the Jadavion Clowney market. They were willing to get involved with the Trey Flowers market. Both those guys are going to end up commanding somewhere between 18 and $20 million a yep. year. So they, they've shown for the right pieces they're willing to invest money, but they had to do the Band-Aid method first and rip everything off. So I think it would be very important for them to sit down, have meetings, and pitch and say, look, this is the puzzle piece that you are in our grand scheme. This is what we're planning to do with the rest of our pieces so that 2021 can be a very competitive year for the Miami Dolphins. Meanwhile, there's no fast forward button, right? You've got to endure a season. You have to get no. through it, and it's going to be painful. And I know that people may think this is sarcastic, but I do I do feel for fans because they're the ones that really suffer because you only get so many years of your life that you get to watch your favorite football team. And if it winds up turning into this great – scheme and they hit on draft picks and the Dolphins are a dynasty, then everyone will be very thankful for what is going to take some time to build here. But man, you know, I, I just look, I look at my own situation here with, with the Panthers, right? They're, they're Owen two. And there's a lot of concerns with this football team. And uh, you know, there's, there's a, an idea that they can get out of this here. Eventually we'll talk about that here in a minute, but for Miami, this is going to be a couple years. Well, let's, let's segue to Carolina, right? Because I'm watching this football game, and I can't help but think Cam Newton's window is yeah. closed. I don't want to stick the fork in him all the way because it was, it's the week two, yeah. right? Like, he still may be kind of adjusting to the altered motion. And, like, there were some times when on balls inside of 15 yards that the ball had good velocity yep. on it, but the accuracy was not where it needed to be. He's thrown out routes late and behind guys. He's uh, really struggling with uh, pushing the ball down the field. That ball to Curtis Samuel was hung up, where if that's in stride, that's a touchdown. Yep. 
He had uh, the two two plays down there in the red zone at the end of the game where he could have had Curtis Samuel again with a guy in his lap, but he just did not have the arm strength to push the ball down the field. I think his arm's cooked, man, and it's it's really yeah. sad. It sucks. Well, and he's he's had he's had several surgeries on his shoulder, and the what he's had to do to uh, relearn how to throw football, if you will, it, it really has taken away from his accuracy, which was never great to begin with. And so now you have a high-variance passer that's an even more high-variance passer in Cam Newton. His legs aren't a part of the equation anymore. He's not running the football at all so far this season. And that's part of what made him difficult to defend, right? And everyone always recognized that he can't run the ball as much as he always has. But it's part of what makes him great. It's part of what makes him the greatest dual-threat quarterback in NFL history. And now you've taken that away, and his accuracy is declining, and he can't push the football down the field. It's a major concern. I'm not going to take credit for this phrasing because I, I pull it, pulled it from Nick Wilson of uh, the uh, Wilson and Parcel show here in Charlotte on WFNZ. I've been listening to the radio all day, uh, driving around to appointments. And he said, look, Cam Newton is the rock that you built your house upon this year, right? And so you have to look at this, right? Because he's a contract after – he's up for a new contract after next season. Do you – yeah, after 2020. Is this something where you say, hey – we have got to shut you down and see if we can make something happen in 2020. Or you just have to recognize what's going on here. Ron Rivera, Marty Herney, the Panthers locker room is not admitting that there's anything physically wrong with camp. They have maintained that approach. I mean, all, all you have to do is watch him throw five footballs and you can tell there's No question about it. And that's what my eyeball test has absolutely told me watching this football team for not just these past few weeks, but in camp last year, he's just not himself. And I don't, can he get it back? I have no idea, but I don't, I don't know. Like he doesn't practice. He hasn't really participated in the preseason and he, it shows, it shows on the field. I mean, you, you got to dance with the girl you came with, right? You familiar with that saying? Yeah. Yeah. You yeah. chose, you were going to commit yourselves to Cam Newton this year. And as long as he's physically able to go out onto the field, you you can't shut him down. No. You know that this, this you dug your or you made your bed here. Now you got to lie in it. And um yeah. as long as he's not at physical risk of hurting himself anymore, if it's just he's physically limited now, th- you have to do it. And then this almost puts Carolina in a really interesting position, Joe, where we think about the 2020 quarterback class, right? Yeah. You think about Indianapolis having Andrew Luck retire, Cam Newton going into 2020 in a contract year with some of the physical struggles, if they carry through all the way throughout the season, you're suddenly going to get a much stronger push for that, I guess, 1B tier of quarterbacks, right? Jake from yeah, Jordan, Jordan yeah, from. Love. North Turner would love from. Love him. Now I don't know if I don't know if it's one of those deals where it's like a, a Rivera Cam thing and, and they go together, right? I don't know what that looks like. Um But I think we'd need to very seriously start taking the Carolina yeah. Panthers as contenders in the twenty twenty quarterback market. For sure. And, and what's interesting is I, I, they have enough pieces on defense. There's some exciting offensive talent here. They need some improvements on the offensive line. But this isn't a huge rebuild, right? right. This isn't like a, a monumental, like gut everything type situation. <laughs> no, right, 
Right. So this this is something that'll be interesting. We floated the Lincoln Riley thing around. Dave Tepper's an owner that would be aggressive enough to get that done. Uh, I, I think there's ways to right the ship very quickly. Uh, but I get nervous if Ron Rivera and Cam Newton are going to be part of the solution, and we'll find out. 0-2 is not a good thing to be. We'll talk more about 0-2 here in just a second. But if you had a long day at work, if you had a tough day at school, if you've been stuck at the office, treat yourself to the meal you deserve and have your favorite restaurants come to you with DoorDash. DoorDash connects you to your favorite restaurants in your city. Ordering is easy. Open the DoorDash app, choose what you want to eat, and your food will be delivered to you wherever you are. Not only is your favorite pizza joint already on DoorDash, but there are over 340,000 restaurants in over 3,300 cities, so you might find something new to eat, too. With DoorDash delivery and available in all 50 states and Canada, you can order from your local go-tos or choose from your favorite national restaurant restaurants like Chipotle, Wendy's, Chick-fil-A, and the Cheesecake Factory. Don't worry about dinner. Let dinner come to you with DoorDash. Right now, we've got a deal for you. You can get 5 bucks off your first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter promo code LOCKEDON. That's 5 bucks off your first order when you download the DoorDash app from the App Store and enter promo code LOCKEDON. Don't forget, that is promo code LOCKEDON for 5 bucks off your first order from DoorDash. We're going to get into the implications of 0-2 right after this. Valentine's Day is just around the corner, and it's only fitting that this important interruption is brought to you by Manscaped. Manscaped is the best in men's below-the-belt grooming. Have you thought about what you're getting your loved one this year? Or maybe you want to give the gift of sweet-smelling grundle bliss to your partner. I'm talking about the Manscaped Perfect Package 3.0. Whether you're the only one who gets to see what's going on down there or you're one of many, do you, your partner, and everyone else a favor and introduce yourself to this revolutionary company. Manscaped just launched their brand new Perfect Package. Inside the Manscaped Perfect Package, you'll find their Lawnmower 3.0 trimmer, which features skin-safe technology and will prevent you or your man from cutting his nuts. Speaking of smelling nice, let's be real. No one wants to carry around that locker room smell with them. That's why I am thankful for the Crop Preserver and Crop Reviver. These products keep your crotchal region from sweating, smelling, and sticking. The Perfect Package will also come with a pair of Manscaped boxer briefs that'll keep that junk feeling fresh all day. It's time to upgrade those overused pair of boxers to this new new. Give the gift that will make your Valentine's Day spicy. Go to manscaped.com and use the promo code locked on to get 20% off and free shipping. Ladies, this is the perfect gift for you and your man and men. Your partner will thank you. Trust me, he will thank you. And guess who else will thank you? Your balls will thank you. 20% off and free shipping when you use the promo code locked on at manscaped.com. Gal, do you know what the uh, what the percentage of making the playoffs is if your team is 0-2? Isn't it uh, 25%? And 25% if you're 0-1. Oh, 25% if you're 0-2. So 0-2. I know two teams last year were 0-2 and made the playoffs. Are you kidding? Houston Texans did it last year. Yeah. Who was the other one? They said it on the Thursday night broadcast last night. Uh, I feel like I should know this. Saints did it in 2017. The Dolphins in 2016. Panthers in 2013. Colts in 2014. I'm going to guess it's it's 10% or less if you're going to. 12. 12%. 12%. 12%. Not good. Not 0-3, good you're, you're 2%. If you get to 2-0, you got a 53% chance 
making the playoffs. What about uh, 3 0? 3 0 is 63%. Okay. Dolphins started 3 0, didn't make the playoffs 2017. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, yeah. They did that 2018, too. The Bills did 5 and 2, didn't make the playoffs. You had a 75% chance if you get to 5 and 2. 5 and 2? Yeah. 75%? Yeah. Yeah, finished six and nine that or six and ten that year. So there's some big implications here. Carolina's already zero two. Falcons uh, are facing Philadelphia. They're in danger of falling zero two. Is Atlanta? Uh, Texans. I mean, if they can't handle business against the Jaguars, zero and two. Bears got a date with Den- with with Denver. They can get to zero two. Browns and Jets. Holy crap! The Sam Darnold situation. They're saying four to eight weeks, Kyle, with Mono. This is crazy. This is absolutely crazy. Did you know this happened once before? No, I I need to hear all about it, though. I didn't know that. So the last time this happened, it was with the uh, Houston Oilers. Okay. And I believe it was Scott Chandler was the quarterback who got mono. Okay. Any guesses in who came in for him to to start his first career game? I'm going to guess Steve McNair. Steve McNair, that's right. Well, that worked out. Trevor Simeon's in that next Steve McNair. Is that what I just heard from you? No. <laughs> no, I did not say that. Oh, the Washington Redskins but, could be 0 2, Kyle. Hey, you hate to see that from Matty V. Yeah, I mean, he was counting his chickens midway He's through the second quarter. Two big three, two big plays. Went up on the Eagles. He, he was ready for the Super Bowl run. Case Keenum 2017. You know, where's Pat Shermer when you need him? Uh, lightning in a bottle 2.0. <laughs> All over again. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't want to call like week two games must wins, right? Because mathematically speaking, they're not necessarily must wins. Yeah. But with that said, there are some must wins in this situation because you look at the landscape of the NFC, for example, we look at the NFC and we pick the NFC games and uh, Joe, the NFC is going to be very competitive this year. There's probably you could take the bottom two teams or the first two teams to miss the playoffs in the NFC this year, whoever they end up being between Green Bay and Chicago and Minnesota and Philadelphia and, and Dallas and Seattle and the Rams and the the Falcons and the the Saints. Yep. Right, take the top two teams out of that, and you flip them over and had them play in the AFC. Making it. They're making the playoffs. Yeah. yeah. So if you're a team like, hypothetically, the Chicago Bears, who falls to 0-2, you lose in Denver this weekend. You can't afford to drop that ground, especially if one of those games is to Green Bay. You know, you're, you're two games, technically two and a half games behind the Green Bay Packers through two weeks. Can't have That's it. That's problem. So when you think of 0-2 teams that have got to avoid, excuse me, 0-1 teams that have to avoid Oh, and two, you're looking at the Bears. You're looking at uh, the Atlanta Falcons. Yep. And I mean, someone between the, from the NFC, from the AFC, you got Browns, Jets, and Steelers. One of either the Browns or Jets are going to go to 0 oh and two. Steelers. The Jets will go to 0 oh and two. They're going right. to And then Steelers host Seattle. Uh, Baltimore, Baltimore has Arizona. Baltimore's playing Arizona, so they're probably going to bump up. They're going to be again. 2 0. Oh. Steelers are going to be two games out seven days into the season. Yeah. If they, if they can't beat Seattle, they got to win that game at home. I mean, so you talk about must wins. I think, I mean, Pittsburgh against Seattle 
And I mean, I, Atlanta, I think Atlanta's got to win this week. And they got Philly. And I think we picked Atlanta to win that game, didn't we? Yeah. They're at home, Sunday night football. Then then yes, we did pick them. We um I don't think we I don't think we got the game last night correct. <laughs> I don't think so either. I mean at what point at what point do we stop looking at though? I mean you know what I mean? Like we No, I think it's fascinating. Gonna, because we had we had a successful I know week one. better than some people with, did that knew all the information with week one. I mean we went what, twelve mm-hmm. four? And one of them yeah. was a tie? Nobody's going to predict the tie. Get right. the hell out of here. I hate the fact that we right. have a tie. Um, but we did pick the Panthers to win. And and realistically, the Panthers should have won that game last night. If we're going to call a spade a spade, all Carolina has to do is get inches on fourth down, and they have plenty of time. The fact that they didn't run Cam Newton to get 15 inches up the middle – Oh, it says so much. It, it reveals so everything much. you need to know. Tell me this guy's shoulder and foot's okay. Come on. Yep. Yep. Remarkable. They probably would have been better off giving it to Samuel coming around the other way. I They ran it to the short side of the field, too. Like, what the hell was the play to begin with? But to the short side of the field? Come on. Kyle, when we get back here in a second, I want to ask you for your favorite lines here, your favorite NFL betting lines for the week. And uh, if, if you're going to bet football okay. this weekend, you've got to do it with my bookie. Don't be thinking about all these great bets in your head. Lay down some cash, win some money. Stop betting or picking winners and not betting on them. Let's face it, guys. Where you're betting is just as important as who you're betting on. That's why you got to go to my bookie. It's fast, it's easy, and they pay when you win. We wouldn't be telling you guys to bet with them if they weren't the best. Do the smart thing. If you're going to bet football this season, bet with my bookie. Did you know that you can bet on games after kickoff? By the second half, it looks like your bet is going to lose. You can always just take the other side. If you're the kind of guy that likes to lay down a little and win a lot, try a parlay. If all your picks come through, you can multiply your winnings. And no matter how you bet, the NFL season is the best time of year to bet. Join now and MyBookie will double your first deposit. Use promo code LOCKEDON to activate the offer. That's promo code LOCKEDON. Visit MyBookie.ag today. You play, you win, you get paid. We'll be right back after this. This is NFL Under Review, local experts on the biggest NFL stories. The NFL Honors Award Show was last week and one surprise when it came to Defensive Player of the Year. This is Bear Motter with your Los Angeles Rams update from Lockdown Rams. Aaron Donald would have been the first player in NFL history to win the award three straight years in a row, but it wasn't the case that the NFL Honors that award this year went to Stephon Gilmore. And don't get me wrong, Stephon Gilmore had a great season. Six interceptions, 18 pass deflected, two touchdowns. He had 53 total tackles. Stephon Gilmore won the award with 21 votes. Chandler Jones came in second with 14. TJ Watt with 10. Although Donald says this doesn't bother him, I see him putting this chip on his shoulder, working even harder, and coming back stronger in 2020, which is a scary thing for the rest of the NFL. For more NFL news, subscribe to the Locked On NFL Podcast only on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, Kyle, any free money on the line here with this NFL slate? Yeah, there's some games I like this week. Okay. I really like Jacksonville plus eight and a half against the Texans. Mm. Garner Minshew and the Jacksonville Jaguars traveling to Houston. 
I think uh, Jacksonville with their secondary and you get the, the matchup of Nuke versus Jalen and the pass rush that they have up front. Uh, I think that, that Jacksonville can make life difficult enough that they're not going to get whitewashed in this football game. I think this will be a close game. I do think Houston wins the game, but I would take Jacksonville plus eight and a half on the road. I also like, where was the other one? I had another one flagged when you were kind of putting this on the tee for me. I got one I like. Arizona plus 13. That's a big spread against the Ravens. I feel like we don't, I mean, a lot to be excited about with Ravens, right? But. Yeah, we're we're not. I, w- I wouldn't go overboard crazy head over heels based off of what we saw. And Arizona's got some pieces on defense, right? Like this is not the same type of game. Mm-hmm. Yep. So I think that's that one stands out to me as well as far as two road dogs to cover. Eight and a half's a big number, and thirteen's a huge number. And I get Arizona's going to stunt and they're going to blitz the hell out of Kyler. Yep. But I think if he gets off his spot enough. He can extend plays just enough. He can get some the ball out of his hands, even if it's a backdoor style cover. I think I like Arizona to cover. Kyler versus Lamar. That's a that's a fun matchup. Fun game. Yeah. What are you taking? Uh, Patriots minus nineteen no, and a half. Wouldn't touch that. Wouldn't touch that. I I think they cover for the record. Really? Yeah. That's gonna be a long year, man. Patriots just beat <laughs> Pittsburgh thirty to three. Yeah. 33 to 3. Something like that. So you think, oh, you think the Patriots cover that 19 point spread? Yes. I think Patriots win by more than three (laughs) touchdowns. Yeah. How about Cleveland's only favored by six and a half right now? I get it's on the road, but like the Jets had uh, Le'Veon Bell go in for an MRI for his shoulder. He says it's fine and he's going to play, but they don't have Sam Darnold. I don't think Quinn and Williams practiced at the beginning of the week. Uh, who didn't have a receiver? Quincy Anun was out for the year. Anun was out for the the year with a neck yeah. injury. They still have Herndon yeah. suspended. They got nothing, huh? Jeez. Adam like, Gates is their coach. Like, how, you how, know? Right. You better hammer Browns minus six and a half, folks. Actually, I'm I'm a betted on my really? right now. Yep. Right now, it's happening right now. I like Buffalo minus one and a half at the Giants. Uh, my bookie's got him at minus two. Bills will win that game by at least three points. Yeah, I think so. I think they're a better coach team. They have better talent. Right tight. And they're down like, uh, no, the Giants are uh, three wide or more 90% of the time last week against Dallas. Guess who they don't have? Any of their freaking receivers. Golden Tate's out. Sterling Shepard's yeah. out. Cody Latimer's out. Sterling Shepard's out with a concussion. They're right? all out. Every single one of them. Going against the Bills' pass defense that has held 10 straight opponents under 210 yards. I mean, every opponent they've played since week five last year, except for Tom Brady once, has been limited to under 210 passing yards. Most of those under 200. To be fair, three of them have been against Adam Gase coach. Also, you could put Andrew Luck in that mix. You could put Tom Brady in that mix. You could put Deshaun (laughs) Watson in that mix. Yeah, but the, New England didn't have to pass the ball. Didn't they hammer you guys at the end of last year? That was just by no, that was the game that they had 311 yards. But what was the final score? I don't remember. 
Try to take something away. This is why I can't talk about the Bills with you because you're trying to take something away from a great secondary. They have hold, holding opponents since oh, no. since since the beginning of last year under 180 yards per game passing. I'm just saying, in specifically in the New England game, I'm pretty sure they ran all over you. Didn't yeah, they? that's what Brady threw for 311 against Derek Anderson. That the was that the first game? That was the first game. The second game was the other one. And that one was a good showing from the pass defense, but didn't they run all over? They the ran the football. Too? Yes, they ran the football very well. Yeah. Yes, that's that's yeah, that's all I'm saying. Well. Is yep. the, yeah, yeah. Um, Sir, Joe, can I change gears Please briefly? Do. I saw this take today, and uh, I had to say something about it. You don't. You do not know what Tim Tebow said on first. I have no idea. So Tim Tebow had a very emotional response reacting to the California bill that's just been passed that allows college athletes to be paid. Do you have a stance on the topic at all? Oh, man, I just I had a conversation with somebody recently about this, and I I feel like if every school was, you know, Alabama or Clemson or Georgia or Notre Dame, I could get behind it. But, you know, what about, you know, UNC Charlotte and. Appalachians, you know, all, all the non-major schools. What about Wake Forest? I don't know, man. Right. Yeah, it's, it's a slippery slope. slope. It's admittedly yeah. a slippery yeah. slope. Um, Tim pretty much came out and had this long soapbox speech talking about how the reason why more people care about college football is because you play for your pride in the university and because it's where your grandfather always dreamed of seeing his grandson play and uh, the love of the game and too many guys in today's society just want to get a buck and make it, make it about themselves and so on and so on and so forth, which I got really frustrated with that response from Tim Tebow because Tim's acting like he didn't grow up with a family that owned a 44 acre plot of land and didn't pay for Tim to live in an apartment and get quarterback coaching to go to a certain school, and that Tim didn't get under like a 900 on the SAT and get into the University of Florida. And like, Tim, your own little like rainbows and butterfly land for your college experience because you went to Florida because your pappy wanted to see you play quarterback at the University of Florida is such a, a... small-minded viewpoint on college football because I think of so many athletes from underprivileged communities and you think about the guys that go on to make it in the league and they're successful and they talk about they were so committed to the craft of playing football because it was their only way out of a bad neighborhood or a livelihood for themselves or to get their families out of situations. And how many guys undergo the college football experience with that being a motivating factor for them versus Tim thinking about his grandpa wanted him to play at Florida. How many guys have missed meals growing up as kids because they live in a single parent household with a parent that's just scratching and clawing to make ends meet. So Tim being so quick to just dismiss the value of financially making money off of your likeness because that was what his college experience was like really bothered me. 
And like, I'm not one to really touch base on like socioeconomic issues and stuff like that. But that one really got under my skin because it's Tim. Like the only thing worse than your ignorance was like the silver spoon that you were born with. And I generally speaking, like Tim Tebow, I think he's a really positive role model in a lot of ways. But this to me was just so tone deaf and lacks so much context as far as what other people have to go through in life versus what Tim went through. And he's effectively demonizing those people who football is one of their only options to change life, not just for themselves, but for their families. What about the guys that play in college and get hurt and don't have a chance to go to the pros and then have to go back to that bad neighborhood with their family? There's so much more at stake here than just, I want some money for me. And that's the part of it where I see where financially enabling college players to make money off of their likeness comes from that I support. I, I think you need to hit the nail on the head there, Kyle. I'm, I'm not sure I would really add anything to it other than also just the the fact of being able to make money off your likeness, whether that's you know getting a salary or just being able to sign some autographs and make a few bucks. You know, that's that's capitalism, right? Right. To a tag of Iowa, it should be able to go to Dick's Sporting Goods and sign autographs and make money because you know what? That's America, right? And, and so I, I, from you, you hit it from a lot of great angles. The only thing that I would even add is that piece of it bothers me as well. Sure. And it doesn't like, it doesn't have to be a sanctioned stipend right. from the school, you know? And it's like, I don't know. It was just, I saw the take and I saw some responses to it that, that really kind of, I thought made a lot more sense than where Tim came from it from. So I felt compelled to at least say something about it because there's no way I could have put anything into 280 characters <laughs> on Twitter and not had somebody right, read it right. and get upset about what I was well, trying to say. That was a good, that was a good um, monologue there. I think uh, certainly better than the repercussions of a tweet. So well, well played by you there, sir. <laughs> Right. I, I like, I tried like three different ways to type it out and like, yep. man, I'm not going to get anywhere close to what yep. I need to get in here to like fully give the context yep. of where my opinions coming oh. from on it. So I did get a good audio clip, say, man. So you should pull that. Um, is there anything else you wanted to get to today? No, no. Uh, we've, I mean, we've talked a lot about the college football slate. We've talked about the NFL slate. Um, I'm excited about being at wake and UNC tonight. Uh, Sam Howell has been fun for wake forest. Sage Sherratt with Wake Forest – or Sam Howell with North Carolina as a true freshman. Yeah. Sage Sherratt's been really fun for Wake Forest. It's going to be a fun football game. He's redshirt sophomore, he is. right? Yep. He's an exciting He's, player. Yes. He's got some exciting traits. Uh, Wake minus three. The football game. Yeah. Everyone thinks North Carolina – because right. I listened to North Carolina radio today because I've been driving around all day. Everyone thinks North Carolina wins this football game. No way. Wake Forest, three straight Friday night games too, right? Like they're they're – program to play in this situation i know that they beat rice and utah state like i get that and and north carolina's beaten miami and south carolina resumes are not comparable but wake at home on their third friday night game of the year with an explosive offense like they have and and look i think north carolina to an extent has overachieved a little bit i love mac brown i love what he's doing there i love sam howell but i think this wake forest offense presents challenges that South Carolina and Miami do not with their tempo and how they can hit big plays in the passing game. But they also have Cade Carney and Jamie Newsom who can really run the football. Give me Wake to, to cover. Yes. Lock it in. There you go. Yeah. All right. That's put money do down. For us. Get your MyBookie app open and put the money down. I just put the bet down. All right. Good. 
20 bucks on tonight's game. Wake minus nope. three. Go Deeks. Go Deeks. Thanks for listening to Draft Dudes. Come back, see us again next week. We got takes and takes on Tuesday, so any hot takes that you have at the Joe Marino and at Grinding the Tape. Enjoy the weekend in football, folks. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.